Now I'm on. Thank you. <laughs> Open your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> and I begin reading with verse number 3. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 3. All right, are we all on the same page? <laughs> First Peter chapter three, verse or chapter one, verse three. All right, it says this: Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively or living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Let's pray. Father, bless these moments in your word together uh, as we uh, continue to look at some very important uh, doctrines, important truths uh, that we need to hold dear in our lives. This we pray and thank you for in Jesus' name. Amen. Teacher asked one of her students, a little boy, and asked him, who wrote the Declaration of Independence? Well, the student thought for a moment, and then he asked the teacher, he said, who do you think wrote the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> the teacher replied, listen, I don't think I know. The little boy said, well, I don't think I know either. <laughs> <laughs> We've been looking at a series of what we believe and why. And we've said that we need to make sure that what we believe is based upon the Word of God and not just merely the opinions of men. Statement of faith, our statement of faith, church statement of faith, point number seven says this, we believe that all the redeemed and saved are kept by God's power and are secure in Christ forever. That's sure I'll read it one more time. We believe all the redeemed and the saved are kept by God's power and are secure in Christ forever. People in the world today long for peace long for stability, long for security, except the ones, that is, who are trying to destroy the peace and security and uh, just, I was going to say, just turn on the news, but no, don't turn on the news. <laughs> There's nothing good on there for you to, uh, to encourage you, all right? But, uh, but uh, there are those who seek to destroy that. We know that, and the devil's behind the destruction of those things, by the way, but nevertheless, it says, uh, but we know the world in, in they want security. They want peace. Uh, they want uh, assurance of something they can hold on to. But we know that nothing in this life is secure, right? Nothing. Money, job, uh, your house is not secure. It could be gone in a few minutes' time. Uh, your car is not secure. Even our physical bodies, even your physical body is not secure, but there is one thing, and only one thing, that is secure forever, and that is salvation in Christ. Here in First Peter chapter 1, and look at the first couple of verses, verse 2 and verse 3 actually. He's leading up to this text that we're going to deal with. But verse 2, he says, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a living hope, a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
from the dead. And then he says, to an inheritance. He goes on and explains our inheritance. And so those who have placed their faith in Christ, in the, in the blood of Christ, he says here, been sprinkled by the blood of Christ, those who have placed their faith in Christ as their Savior from sin and death and hell, it says here God is working something in us. And you remember the verse in Romans chapter 8, all things work together for good to them who are, uh, love God to those who are called according to His purpose. But we mentioned before the next couple of verses, you need to read those because that's what His purpose is. That we all be, con- He's predetermined that everyone who knows Him and loves Him, everyone will be conformed, as believers again, as the, the context, but we will all be conformed to the image of His Son. He has determined that already. And what God has set forth, what God has set down, what God has determined, it will happen, right? And so this talks about what He's working in our lives. Every believer, this is God's purpose for you and for me. And so we keep that in mind as we read this, this context or this text, uh, that, that this is God's purpose that He's working. And it's not for man to be, we cannot interrupt or destroy God's purpose. He's going to accomplish what He set out to do. And so this is it. This is it. Here we go. Those who are eternal security, that's what we're going to look at this morning. Uh, it's not a doctrine devised by men to make us feel better make us all feel warm and fuzzy inside, uh, but it's a belief based firmly upon the Word of God. And while some may view it as a doctrine of secondary importance, understand eternal security is a truth that goes to the very core of the character of God uh, and, and of the, uh, the, the sufficiency, God's sovereign purpose in our salvation and the sufficiency of His saving grace. Because if His grace is not sufficient to keep us, why, how can it be sufficient to save us? But those who reject this doctrine point to a few verses which when taken in and of themselves in a few different places in, in, uh, in the New Testament, they appear to teach that salvation can be lost, but we must, as you know, take the Word of God in its entirety to understand it fully. And we're not going to spend time on those verses this morning that some pick and choose, but uh, we've dealt with those in the past. I'm not trying to avoid those, but uh, but taken in proper context and all of that, again, we can see things a little differently. But this morning, I just want to show us, show you that the Word of God clearly teaches the eternal security of the believer in Christ. First of all, just two main points this morning. First of all, our salvation is secure. Look at verse number four here. We read verse number three. He's begotten us to a lively hope, but he goes on, verse four, and just there's multi, multiple words used here that pile on top of each other. Verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Let's dissect just a few of those words very quickly. Notice this, our salvation is secure. He tells us here, it is something that does not fade away. Okay, it doesn't go away. And he uses some words here. First word in verse 4, to an inheritance what? What's that word? Incorruptible. Now, understand the, the meaning of that word there. It, 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 it's, it's not simply that it does not decay, but that it cannot decay. It is incorruptible. Not, the word literally means not susceptible to decay or deterioration. Okay? It is not susceptible uh, to decay. It cannot be corrupted. It cannot be destroyed by any circumstance or outside influence. And again, that's different than anything else that we know on this earth, right? Uh, we know... Uh, that apples spoil. We know that cars rust. And they can do rust proofing and, and delay the inevitable, but cars will eventually, especially if you're up north, but cars eventually will rust. 
uh, bodies succumb to germs and sickness. And so, see, everything around us has outward influences uh, that, that can decay it or defile it. But he says here, our, our, our inheritance that God has given us cannot be corrupted. It cannot decay or suffer deterioration. He uses another word there, not only incorruptible, but the next word he says, and undefiled. I see a little bit different aspect here. The word undefiled means without deflect, deflect, sorry, defect or flaw. Without defect or flaw. Incorruptible to me gives the idea of there's no, there's no outward influence that can, can uh, come against it and, and, and corrupt it. Undefiled means that intrinsically, internally, in and of itself, there's no defect. There's no flaw. Uh, our inheritance is given to us by God and is therefore perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It is sufficient for all eternity. And so it cannot be affected from without. It is, is perfect from within. He says it fades not away. Then he also says in verse number four, the end of the verse, it is reserved in heaven for you. Reserved in heaven for you. Who makes the reservation, by the way? God makes the reservation, doesn't he? Uh, for those who trust him as Savior, he's, he's got your name written down. Uh, it's taken care of. But that word reserved means to set watch or to keep from injury or loss. It literally means to watch over. Okay? And so God ensures, he watches over us, watches over to ensure that our salvation is protected. Uh, no one, not you, not me, not the devil himself, can, can uh, uh, affect it, afflict it, because God is the one that sets watch. But not only is it reserved, not only is it incorruptible and defiled, reserved, but then there's one more thing I want to point out here in verse number five. He says, who are, what's that word? Kept by the power of God through faith and the salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Kept by the power of God. That word kept is, is a, a military term. Uh, it means to surround. It's as in a garrison of soldiers su surrounding. You remember the story of Elisha uh, when the, uh, uh, when they were surrounded by the enemy, the enemy was against him, and the, his servant came out and said, now what are we going to do? Paraphrasing, of course, but uh, and Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes. And uh, his servant looked in the mountains. The mountains were full, uh, around them was full of, of uh, horses and chariots and, uh, and, and uh, armed men uh, that God had put there. Uh, in other words, the spiritual world that he saw around him. But, but that's the idea. We are surrounded, uh, kept by whose power? Whose power? God's power. Not your power, not my power. God's power. That's why I said this goes to the very core of, of, of uh, the, the, the character of God and His purpose in our salvation and the sufficiency of His grace. Kept by the power of God. John 1.12 says, To as many as received Him, to them gave He what? Power to become the sons of God. We're not only saved by the power of God, but Peter tells us here we are kept by that very same power. Power. And so if we can trust the power of God to save us, we can certainly trust His power to keep us. Can we not? Amen? Amen. We are kept by the power of God. John chapter 10, we won't turn there this morning for time's sake, but uh, Jesus talks and says, mentions how, he talks about the, us being sheep and so but He says that we are, we are uh, no one can pluck us out of His hand. And then He goes on and He says, no one can pluck us out of my Father's hand. Uh, and so we're not just secure, we are doubly secure. I used to demonstrate this when uh, we were 
once in a while when we were doing kids' things, Bible schools and things, and uh, you put a, a, a quarter in your hand and, and call up a, a strong teenager, you know, uh, and say, now get that quarter out of my hand. Well, inevitably they could, they could manage to pry open my fingers, but you put your quarter in your hand and you go like this, <laughs> clamp your hands together, and they would have no luck. Uh, but it's not just my hands we're talking about anyway, right? We're talking about God's hands. And so we're not just secure in Christ, we are doubly secure. Uh, and I would submit, uh, we won't get to that point this morning, uh, well, I think we have, I guess we will, but uh, we are triply secure because the Holy Spirit seals us. <laughs> and so uh, our salvation is secure. Secondly, this morning, the, the second point to see is our salvation, and here it is, what I just referred to, but our salvation is sealed. Not just is it secure, it is sealed. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. And referred to this at some point in the message here just in the last month or so, I, I believe. So some of this might be just a little review, but Ephesians chapter 1, excuse me, beginning verse number 7. It says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Again, not our grace, <laughs> his grace wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and on earth, even in him. And then here we go. It says, verse 11, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated or predetermined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. What does he predetermine? He goes on that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. Wow. Another powerful passage, but look here. Our salvation is sealed. Number one, he says we are sealed with purpose. We just read verse number 11. He's determined. Again, that predestinated, that all it simply means he is predetermined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will that we should be. And so this is God's purpose. We are sealed with purpose. And last week we talked how God has determined that all who place their faith and trust in Christ as Savior will be conformed to the image of His Son. And that's what we're talking about here. Sealed with purpose. He's going to do what He said He would do and purpose to do in us. Uh, some of us He's got to work a little bit harder with. No. <laughs> but uh, no, He's going to accomplish His purpose. One day we will stand complete uh, and, and holy in His sight. Not only are we sealed with purpose, but we're sealed with promise. Verse 13 said this. The verse says, In whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now again, I ask you a simple question. All right, to understand all of this in context and very clearly, uh, who made the promise? <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit of promise. God has made the promise. And so we're not talking about whether we keep our word, right? We're talking about whether God keeps His word in this matter of salvation. We are sealed with promise. That word sealed, this is what I mentioned we talked about here at some point in the last few weeks, but it means to stamp or to attest to. It, it, it signifies a completed and signed agreement. And in, in biblical days, in old days, uh, every king, uh, is the 
Faith Bible Institute, that was one of the interesting things. He had some of the replicas of some of the old king's seals, signets that have been found. But each king had his own personal signet, his own personal seal. And you, you knew uh, who had sealed it. Okay? They, took, they took hot wax and they would seal that document or that letter. But it, it attested, number one, uh, it attested to and, and it, that it was secured by the king himself. It was his seal. And so uh, God, through the Holy Spirit, has put his seal on us. Uh, he has attested to the fact, and we have been secured by the king himself. Amen? We are sealed with promise. And then notice he says here, which is the earnest of our inheritance. Now, I think they still use that term when you buy a house, earnest money. You can put down money to show that, that you're serious, that you're going to follow through with, with uh, your, your proposal that you proposed. Uh, an earnest is a down payment or security deposit made on a purchase. It's, it's, it's a promise and a guarantee, really, that the rest of the payment would be made. There's a man one time, he got a haircut, and uh, same, he got done, and he uh, got up, and he said, oh, I don't have my wallet. He said, I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to owe you. <laughs> and the barber said, well, listen, we don't do credit work here. He said, but you can sign an IOU. And, and he said, I'll put it on the wall where every, uh, they're, they're up on the wall with the others who owe me. And this man said, well, I, I don't like that. I, don't, I object to have my name on the wall where everybody can see it. And the barber said, oh, they won't see it. Your coat and hat are going to be hanging right over it. <laughs> uh, that was the guarantee. That was the earnest, if you will. Well, the Holy Spirit has, seriously now, the Holy Spirit has been given us by God as a guarantee, a promise, that He's going to do what He said He would do. Uh, he is the promise of God, uh, the down payment by God that He will complete His transaction, and that being the day, and as it says here, until the day of redemption, until the redemption of the, uh, of, the purpose, of the purchase, sorry, possession. And so until when? until the per day of the redemption of the purchased possession. Not until we mess up. Not until we someday wake up and say, I, I really don't, I don't feel saved today. No. <laughs> or as some might, might suggest, uh, 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 who say, well, uh, I don't think that, that I can lose my salvation, but I can give up my salvation if I so choose. We've already looked at verses that dispute that, by the way. Uh, but again, this was until when? to the redemption of the purchase possession. Until we get to heaven, we're sealed, uh, and sealed, signed, and delivered. We've heard that phrase, right? And that's the next point here. Uh, but the Holy Spirit was given to us by God as a promise that He would complete the transaction, the day of redemption to be complete. God keeps His word. Look at the final thing here. Not only are we sealed with purpose and promise, but as I said, we're sealed with permanence. Verse 14, that last part, unto, until, actually I got ahead of myself, but until the redemption of the purchase possession. Understand the king's seal was not just for identification, all right, but it was also used for preservation. Uh, that his letters were to be delivered, they were sealed with his wax seal, they could not be opened until they reached their final destination, until they reached their intended recipient, intended destination. And you and I, this morning, he has sealed us with his seal, identify, identified us as his, but then he sealed us with permanence. He sealed us, and we will, we will be sealed until when? Until uh, we reach our intended destination. And what's that destination? We already, he already talked about that. We already mentioned that. Until we stand before him.
complete. Our salvation is secure. Our salvation is sealed, sealed with promise, sealed with purpose, uh, uh, purpose, promise, and sealed with permanence. Now, in closing, go to John chapter 6. I want to notice two things in closing to reemphasize that his, uh, this eternal securing, this, this uh, sealing of our salvation is a work of God and not of ourselves. John chapter 10, or John chapter 6, I'm sorry. As soon as I get it right, maybe you'll get there, all right? John chapter 6, and again, this is important. It kind of wraps around to kind of how we started, but look at John 6, verse 35. Where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. We covered this when we were going through our gospel study in John just not too long ago. But he that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me uh, and believe not. Verse 37, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise Cast out. Verse 35, he says, He that uh, cometh to me shall what? Never hunger. Never hunger. That's a strong enough word in English, but the Greek word used here is even stronger. It's, it's what we might refer to as a double negative, which we really don't have in, in proper English, but, but that's what it is. It, it, it means never, not ever, okay? or no never, <laughs> however you want to put that. It means not ever, not at all, not by any means, or under any circumstances, uh, will we hunger. So those who come to him will never hunger, never thirst. And then in verse 30, where was it? 37, where he says, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise, cast, is the, that word no wise that we see translated, no wise, is the very same word. So he will never, no never, under any circumstances, will he ever cast us out. <laughs> we are secure, saved, sealed. But notice here very quickly, this is according to his word. Jesus said, I'll never cast him out. That's his promise. Now, does, does, uh, does God keep his promise? Does, does uh, the Lord Jesus Christ keep his promise? <laughs> or is he a liar? If he's a liar, we might as well close the book and we're done today. Okay? God keeps his word. And so it's according to his word. He has made a very clear promise. He'll never, under any circumstances, and you can do your own research on that, but that's what it says, never, not ever, under any circumstances, will he ever cast us out. <laughs> It's according to his word, but also it's according to God's will. And we touched on this at the beginning. We'll close with this. Verse 38. He says, For I came down from heaven to do my, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will that sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, really no thing, not one, <laughs> but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. He came to do the will of the Father. And that will that was that no one would be lost that came to him. Not one. He should lose nothing. And that everyone that believeth, as he said in verse 40, will have everlasting life, and he will raise up again the last day. It's hard to get much more, and again, I'll use my uh, hillbilly vernacular, much more plainer than that. <laughs> our salvation, our securing, our sealing, 
The eternal security of our soul in Christ is according, number one, to His Word. He's promised it. Secondly, it's according to His will, to God's will. God has purposed it, and God has willed it. And again, what God wills indeed comes to pass. I've used the story before, but it's appropriate. One night, a house caught a fire, and a young boy was forced to flee to the roof. His father stood on the ground below with outstretched arms, calling to his son, Jump, son, I'll catch you. He knew the boy had to jump to save his life. All the boy could see, he could hear the voice of his father, but he couldn't, all he could see was smoke, flames, the darkness, blackness. And uh, as you can imagine, he was afraid to leave the roof. His father kept yelling, Jump, son, I'll catch you. But the boy protested, Daddy, I can't see you. The father replied, But I can see you. And that's all that matters. <laughs> Listen, we might sometimes see darkness, see the smoke and the fire, and we may wonder, uh, and, and we may have doubts. The devil likes to get us to doubt, right? But, but we may only be able to see blackness, smoke, and, and darkness, but it really doesn't matter what we can see. This is not, again, this has to do with what God has done and what God sees. Salvation is totally of Him and nothing of us. The keeping of our salvation is totally of Him and nothing of us. Our salvation is secure. Our salvation is sealed with purpose, with promise, with permanence. It's according to His Word and it's according to God's will. And so if it were possible for man to lose his salvation... It would mean, literally, that God has failed. God has failed. He's failed His purpose. He's failed to keep His promise. He's failed in His power to keep that which He possesses. Those who have placed their faith in Christ as Savior are eternally secure. Now, question. Do you have the blessed assurance? We sang a song just a little bit ago. Do you have the blessed assurance of your salvation? If not, Jesus said, all those who come to me, all those who believe on me uh, and, and receive uh, me, he'll never cast out. So if you've never come to Christ, you've never confessed your need of a Savior uh, and, and uh, your, your sin, need of a Savior, and called upon him for forgiveness, salvation, uh, that's where you need to start. If you want security, if you want stability of any kind in your life, that's where it begins. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to pray. I'm not going to give an invitation specifically today, but uh, I trust that you have that assurance. But just uh, this is, again, not something that, that we just, man has dreamed up uh, to make us feel good. Uh, it's very clearly. And uh, if you can somehow show me that, that God didn't mean what he said, uh, then, uh, then we can have a discussion but that God keeps his word. And if he didn't keep this word again, then none of it is reliable. Uh, our salvation in Christ is secure. And Paul dealt, there's, we could go on from that. In fact, we'll, uh, I should be touched on other future things concerning our statement of faith. Uh, he didn't save us to keep living as we always lived. Okay? If there's been salvation, there's been a change in our life. And no, we're not perfect, but he's working in that direction, isn't he, in our lives? <laughs> Uh, and so it's not this idea of salvation to do whatever we want. If we're truly saved, we're not going to want to do what we want. We're not going to want to do those things that we used to do. Uh, we're going to want to please Him.
And uh, so, but he's, when we trust Christ as our Savior, uh, he saves us and he secures us once, forever, for eternity. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning, for the reassurance uh, from your word that what you set out to do, uh, you will indeed do. And so as we see this matter of, of our salvation and the security of our salvation, it, it's a matter of your word and a matter of your will that you've, pur- you've predetermined, you've purposed this in our lives uh, and, and nothing, nothing can take that away. Uh, if it could, then you're not God. And we thank you that you are God. We thank you for the promises, the assurances of your word. But Father, if there's some here or some watching that don't have that assurance, Father, I pray that you would help them as they examine their heart and seeing where they stand with you, that they would come to that realization uh, of their need for a Savior. And Father, if they will just open their their uh, heart to you uh, and, and receive you, your forgiveness, your gift of, it, of, of salvation, what you did there on the cross, if they'll receive that for themselves, uh, that you will indeed receive them as your own. Bless the remainder of the service as we go into a time of, of communion here in just a moment. And as we continue to demonstrate, we continue to express our thankfulness, thanksgiving, has done for us. This we pray and thank you for in Jesus' name. Amen.